0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's, and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. So, did you hear about what happened earlier this week down south at a prison? Apparently, a correctional officer, someone who worked at a jail, fell in love with one of the inmates, and they tried to keep it a secret, but then she broke him out. They were on the loose. And so was the word about the situation. Everybody knew about it. It was being reported in the news about this love between the correctional officer and the inmate. In a way, that's really what God asks to happen between us and him. That our love among each other gets out. That everyone hears about it by our love. Others will know that we follow Jesus. His love for us and our love for him as well. We'll hear more about that in our service today, following along with the order of services it's printed out for you in your worship folder and projected on the screen. Let's begin with our first hymn. stand. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is
1: faithful and just and will forgive
0: us our sins and purify us from all our Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, Amen. Amen. Be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, you formed the minds of your faithful people into a single will. Make us love what you command and desire what you promise, that among the many changes of this world, our hearts may ever yearn for the lasting joys of heaven. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for our scripture lessons. Our first lesson today, taken from Acts chapter 11, serves as the basis for our sermon. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, "'Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. "'He will bring you a message "'through which you and all your household will be saved.' "'As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them "'as he had come on us at the beginning. "'Then I remembered what the Lord had said. "'John baptized with water, "'but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. "'So if God gave them the same gift he gave us "'who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, "'who was I to think that I could stand in God's way?' When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. The word of the Lord. We continue with our psalm according to the directions indicated. Human beings are quite confused as to what love actually is. There are so many different definitions out there. In our second lesson from 1 Corinthians 13, the Lord defines what love truly is. This love is only found in Christ, which he intends to reflect among his people. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. What is in part, disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The word of the Lord. Be to God. Please stand for the gospel acclamation. Alleluia. alleluia. God has for us God is love Whoever lives in love Lives in God And God in them Uh, Alleluia Alleluia Gospel from John chapter 13, Jesus had just finished washing his disciples' feet and he was about to go to the cross showing them such sacrificial and selfless love. He reminded them and you and me too, love each other as he has loved us and then everyone will know that we follow him. When he, that is Judas, was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Please be seated for our next hymn. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, our loving and risen Savior. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon today, the first lesson from Acts chapter 11. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Back in 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. gave his famous I Have a Dream speech. And in that speech, Martin Luther King, Jr. made a passionate plea for improved race relations all around our country. In the almost 60 years since then, that speech has helped to shape race relations In our country. I don't know if you've noticed, though, in recent years, there's been more tension in race relations in our country and some pretty heated discussions about what issues remain and what to do about them. All kinds of different answers are out there. Unfortunately, these things will continue to crop up. They've been around since Cain and Abel. Things like jealousy and violence and inequality ever since then. And we won't be able to completely get rid of them until we get to heaven, where God's people from every race and language and nation will live together in perfect harmony forever. In the time leading up to that, however... Jesus told us to expect that things were going to go from bad to worse and there would be less love all around us. Yet for us, the Lord has a dream. And it's important for us to have a goal, something to aim for, something to strive towards. The Lord, in our first lesson, gave a dream to Peter and he relayed that to other Christians. That dream informs and impacts our new lives as God's people. So today, let's not just listen. Let's not just give it some thought. Let's make sure from today forward that we live the dream. First in our communications, then also across cultures. So it wasn't first in Acts 11 that Peter had this dream. It was actually already back in Acts 10 and sometime later today, if you get a chance, I'd encourage you to read through Acts 10 and 11 to get the fuller picture on this. But Peter already had the dream, and he had traveled from Joppa to Caesarea and shared the gospel with a Gentile man from Italy named Cornelius together with his entire household. Now here in Acts 11, Peter had come back to Jerusalem, and everyone in Judea had heard about it, all of the believers there. So some circumcised believers in Jerusalem came and criticized Peter about this. Now, this issue really runs much deeper than racism, though there is a connection. God's people, for thousands of years, had been practicing circumcision. This was something that the Lord had given to Abraham and his descendants When a a baby boy was eight days old, a little bit of his skin would be cut off, and that would show that he was connected to the promises God gave to Abraham and his descendants. That was a blessing for God and his people, something they took very seriously. God had also given to his Old Testament believers regulations on what they ate and didn't eat, clean and unclean foods. So, for example, Old Testament believers were not allowed to eat Pork chops or bacon. Uh, They were not allowed to dine on owl tenders or other kinds of reptiles, insects. Uh, Several different kinds of food were considered unclean for them. Rabbits. A bug's bunny would have felt pretty safe back in Old Testament Israel. All kinds of things were not kosher for them, and these were commands that God the saving God had given to his people and they took them seriously. So any adjustment or departure from that would have been a big deal to those believers in the early Christian church. And they felt strongly about this. But notice what those circumcised believers in Jerusalem did. They went and talked to Peter about it. Now the word Luke uses for that is Criticized. They felt strongly about this. Uh, they had judged that a different path was better, and they wanted to make that known. But notice that they didn't write Peter off completely. They didn't shun him. They didn't haul him in front of the authorities. You've got to you gotta do something about this, Peter. They didn't stir up a riot and try to have Peter put to death. No, They went and talked to Peter about it, Because they loved him. This is what Jesus commanded his disciples. To show love for each other so that others would know that they follow him. And Peter, on the other hand, he also, he didn't take this criticism personally. He didn't say, well, you do you and I'm going to do me. And let's just agree to disagree here. Peter didn't. Turn the conversation around. Now you do this and this and this, and I really get riled up about that. He didn't try to point out their hypocrisy or all of their problems. Peter went back to the beginning. And he walked through with them step by step what had happened. He focused their attention on the works and the words of God to resolve this matter. That's living the dream in communications. These kinds of situations come up frequently among God's people still today. Maybe there's a program at church or a way of doing ministry a little bit differently than would have been done 20, 40, or 60 years ago. Maybe it would have been unheard of back then. That can make some people a little bit uneasy. Or maybe some feel that A lot more efforts and expense should be poured into one area of ministry. We really got to do more here. Well, others feel that things should be spent in other ways. There's all kinds of disagreements that can come up within a body of believers, not to mention disagreements that come up in the home. All kinds of issues and heated discussions that families have. These issues are going to come up among God's people. But unfortunately, the way we've handled them has been a nightmare. Assuming the worst from others, especially believers in Christ, avoiding important issues that really should be talked about, overpowering others with things that are really just our opinion, Screaming at each other, slamming doors, stomping off, giving the silent treatment, not listening. The way we've handled this has been a nightmare. And when Jesus says, love each other so that others will know that you follow me, how many others have we turned off with our loveless communication? The second lesson from 1 Corinthians 13 said, If I don't have love, I am nothing. The Lord should treat you and me like a dream that when we wake up we can't remember. It should sweep us away forever. But look again at Peter's dream, that vision that the Lord gave to Peter. This happened around noon, around midday, when Peter was extremely hungry and the Lord suspended Peter's senses so that he couldn't really tell what else was going on around him, but he was zoned in on this vision. Heaven opened, a sheet came down, all kinds of animals, different kinds of creatures, all free for the eating. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. This would have been a hunter's delight and a hungry person's dream come true, right? Right? And as hungry as Peter was, what did he say? Surely not, Lord. Nothing unclean or impure has ever entered my mouth. Peter's conscience was so accustomed to those Old Testament commands, it was very difficult for him to to move away from that, even though it was permissible. He was free to do so. Do you notice Peter said three times that vision happened? That was a very significant number for Peter, wasn't it? Remember how Peter denied Jesus three times? And how three times Jesus restored Peter as a pastor among God's people? But here, the three times of that vision, that shows the Lord's patience in communicating with Peter. Here, Peter, let me tell you again and again what loving communication from our Lord. This also shows the Lord's insistence that Christ's sacrifice had taken away all of those dietary distinctions, made things clean and pure. The Lord's communication to Peter reminds us and shows just how loving the Lord has been in communication with us, too. Think about it. Week after week, Again and again, over and over, the Lord comes to us by his spirit, through his word, and reminds us of his love for us. He insists that this happened, that Christ died. He canceled out those Old Testament requirements. He canceled out our sin. He canceled out our lovelessness. And as you read through Acts 10 and 11, it's kind of striking how this gets repeated over and over, this vision that the Lord gave to Peter. The Lord doesn't just refer to it, he retells it. His patient communication covers over all of our impatience. Love is patient after all. So listen to it again. Your lovelessness is taken away in Christ. You are clean. This is our dream come true. And Peter's dream, that's our dream too. To speak in love and patience with each other. Peter's dream is our dream, not to avoid issues that concern God's people, but to approach them and to take them on. And to let the Lord's word and work guide and inform how we settle those matters. Together, let's live the dream in our communications, but also, also across cultures. Now, as you and I listen to how this unfolded for Peter, we're probably thinking in the back of our heads shouldn't you have known better, Peter? Shouldn't you, circumcised Jews, have known better in Jerusalem, too? After all, when God first made his promise to Abraham, he said, All nations will be blessed through your descendant. And then in Isaiah, so other places of the Old Testament too, Isaiah said that the servant of the Lord would be a light for the Gentiles. Jesus himself, before he ascended into heaven, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. He said, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And even Peter, when Peter preached his sermon on Pentecost, didn't he say to people from many different nations gathered there, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yet they still didn't seem to make the connection how that saving message was going to get to other people beyond Judea, beyond Israel, to the ends of the earth. They were so stuck in a certain way of doing things that they just couldn't see outside of that. When many people sit down to eat a meal, do you think they always remember what all went into preparing that? There is an awful lot that goes into preparing a meal that we sit down and enjoy. There was the sun and the rain from heaven that helped the plants and crops to grow. There was the feed for the cattle, the farmers who tended to those cattle and and got that to market. There's the packaging of food, and sometimes it needs to be stored at a cooler temperature. There's all the time that it took to plan the menu for that meal, chopping things up. There's the power that was needed for the oven, the stove, the crock pot, the microwave. There's the effort it took to wash the silverware and dishes and cups. So much effort, so much behind the scenes to line things up before we get to eat that delicious roast or casserole, or dessert. This section of Scripture gives you and me a peek through the window into the kitchen to see all the preparation that was going on, all so that God could satisfy the Gentiles' hunger for salvation. It's a beautiful thing. All that God did leading up to and preparing, setting that table for the Gentiles to taste and see how good he is. There was the Spirit who worked in Cornelius and his family, a devout faith in God's Old Testament promises. There was the angel that the Lord sent to Cornelius saying, send some people, have Peter come to you from Joppa to Caesarea. There was the vision that the Lord gave to Peter three times. There was the spirit who told Peter, go with those men to Caesarea. There were the messengers who came and went back and forth. There was the time that it took to travel. There were all the people that Cornelius gathered at his household, a large gathering of his family and close friends. There was the spirit who came upon the Gentiles gathered there, just as Jesus had promised to pour out the spirit on the disciples at Pentecost. So much going on behind the scenes. The Lord at work in the kitchen, so to speak. All to serve up salvation across cultures. Whether we always realize it or not, the Lord is still at work lining things up, cooking things up, putting people in position so that the saving gospel can go from one culture to the next, even today. God puts people who are different than us, different views, different upbringing, different skin color, different traditions, different hobbies, he puts those people in our community and in our county. And the Lord leads people, his people, to others who are different than we are. He leads a teenager to talk to a retiree, An elderly couple to talk to a young family with many children. A white person to talk to a black person. An Asian to talk to someone who's Hispanic. A Native American to talk to someone who is white. The Lord puts all of these situations into place so that his gospel can move across cultures to people who are different than we are. Now Peter, Peter had to be told multiple times. He had to be reminded and patiently coaxed into this. Yet then, he was willing to travel 24 miles from Joppa to Caesarea. He was willing to take a few days of his time to make this happen. He was willing to go outside of his comfort zone so that he could share the gospel with the Gentiles. So can we. We can do this too as the Lord sets up these situations for us behind the scene, so that his gospel can go across cultures, outside the walls of this sanctuary, so that it can go with us as we leave the doors of our homes, all around our community. Let's live the dream and take it across cultures. In our country, it seems as though things are far from being resolved, right? Well, how many more laws need to be passed How should those laws be enforced? What is right? What is fair when it comes to relationships between races and between people? I don't know if our country will ever complete consensus on it, but you know the matter is resolved for us as Christians? It's settled. And God gives us the outcome right here at the end of Peter's discussion with those circumcised believers This is what he says. So repentance that leads to life has been granted even to the Gentiles. That's it. That's where it's at. To turn away from sin and confess it to the Lord, to trust in Christ by the power of the Spirit, to receive the eternal life that God gives to us so freely and that Jesus proves has been won for us by his resurrection doesn't get any better than that. And the Lord allows you and me to be part of it through our conversations, through our ministries, and through our offerings. Let's together, let's not just talk about the dream, but let's live the dream. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Congregation may be seated for the prayer of the church. And before we begin the prayer of the church today, we just announced that a little bit unexpectedly, perhaps, yesterday, uh, one of our members was called home to heaven, uh, Karen Herzog. And so we'll include her family uh, in our prayers this morning, Um, as well as another one of our members, Pat Hennig's son, Daniel, uh, died yesterday. So we'll keep that family in our prayers as well. Lord of life, fill our hearts with joy this day during the Easter season, for you have risen and conquered the grave. Imprint the message of victory on our hearts and implant it in our minds. Through the good news of your resurrection, renew our hope and revive our faith. Lord, in your mercy, by baptizing us into your name, you have connected us to your death and rising. You have put our sin to death and have given us a new life. Enable us each day to think of ourselves as dead to sin and alive to you, so that we may walk in newness of life in all we do. Lord, in your mercy. In this fallen world, death and sorrow surround us. Touch the hearts of those who grieve the loss of a Christian they love. Direct their eyes to your empty tomb and ease their pain by reminding them that their loved ones will one day rise again. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, many people grieve without hope. Let the message of resurrection reach them and awaken faith in their hearts. Use us as your instruments to bring the word of life to their souls and the message of hope to their hearts. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our stay by the side of all who are suffering. In your wise mercy, heal those who are sick, receiving treatment for illness, recovering from illness or surgery, or hurting in body or mind. Today, we also especially pray for the family of Karen Herzog. Jesus, Lord of life, in your wisdom, you chose to call her to eternal life this weekend. Please comfort all who mourn and lead all of us to long for the glory that she enjoys in heaven by your grace. Jesus, please also watch over the family of Pat Hennig, whose son Daniel died this past weekend. Please use uh, us, her church family, uh, to comfort her and to Encourage her at this time. Jesus, please also watch over Angela, the daughter of Lynn and Gail Litt, who is experiencing health complications after giving birth. Uh, We praise you, Jesus, that the baby is doing well and is healthy, but please continue to watch over the mother, Angela. Uh, Be with the entire family through this challenging time. Heavenly Father, please also continue to watch over Arline Hoppy who was quite sick this past week. According to your will, grant recovery. In every circumstance, give unwavering faith in your son, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we also ask you to bless the graduates from our Wells College of Ministry, Martin Luther College. Please be with the pastor track students who will continue their education at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in the coming years, and also with the teachers and staff ministers who have been assigned to congregations and schools around the country. May your gospel spread and grow. Especially, watch over our member, Brandon Mueller, and his wife, Nicole, who were assigned from Martin Luther College yesterday to teach at Wells schools in Racine and Caledonia. Remind all your people that your victory over death is a fact, and comfort them with your promise to raise them and give them and all believers new and glorified bodies like yours. Lord, in your mercy. And hear us as we pray in silence. Risen Savior, feed our faith with the message of your resurrection. Come to us in your word and in the feast of your sacrament to sustain and strengthen us until we feast with you in eternal glory. Amen. We continue with our next hymn, 768. Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart, that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thank you so much for joining us in God's house today. A few announcements here. We have Family Bible Hour coming up between services this morning. This should be our last Sunday on the roles of men and women, finishing off with uh, how that lives, lives out and is played out in the world around us. Also Sunday school and child care happening this morning. Next Sunday, as is mentioned in the bulletin, there's a special voters meeting May 22nd at the beginning of Family Bible Hour. Uh, there will be renewing one-year calls related to our school and calling for a new principal release teacher uh, since Fred Pommier is discontinuing after this year uh, with other things his business. This week, Thursday evening, we have the school musical. Uh, looking forward to that. We invite all of you to that. Uh, it has to do with some people in an old folks' home, and it's called Off Their Rocker. should be a fun night. Then we have the Wells Connection for the month of May.